This is Aviation Careers Podcast, an aviation podcast about living your dream and pursuing an exciting aviation career. Your host, Carl Valeri, has over a decade of experience counseling pilots. Aviation Careers Podcast will help you navigate towards your aviation career goal. Here is your host, Carl Valeri. Welcome to Aviation Careers Podcast. My name is Carl Valeri, and I'm here with uh, Dan Freeman, who has an incredible podcast, the Accelerated Flight School Podcast. He is just knocking it out of the park with this. Uh, If you want to know what it's like to actually go through and be a pilot, a student at an Accelerated Flight School, I really highly recommend you listen to his podcast. Dan, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Carl. It's really great to be here with you. Well, this, you know, it's actually so cool that you've put this podcast together uh, because one of the things that I think we get all the time is people asking about, you know, accelerated flight training and uh, and what what I need to do, that type of thing. And, and, and we're not going to go into that as much, a little bit today, but you can find all that information out there. And, and, and you know, one of the episodes I really like, and I want, I'm going to definitely link to this one, it talks about about the different types of flight schools. So if you're thinking about going accelerated flight school, flying club, FBO, etc., or university, I think this is one you need to listen to, and that's your episode number two, and that was that was terrific. Not just because you plugged me in it, but <laughs> that was awesome. Uh, Dan, you actually um, are a flight attendant, a, a father, a family man, and you're going to train to become a pilot. This is an incredible challenge, and I know there's a lot of people listening right now that want to take that challenge and move on to a career in aviation. You're going from flight attendant to pilot. I know we've had people talk about it, and there's a lot of folks that are doing it. Dan, Dan, why, why are you doing this? I mean, what, what is your goal? Why, why become a pilot now? Yeah, you actually uh, missed one other thing in there. Um, crazy. You know, I, I feel like I'm crazy doing this right now. <laughs> We're all crazy. Um, it, it is quite a challenge, but um, it's it's you know it's about the passion. Um, every every pilot out there has a passion for for being a pilot, and that's that's really where this stems from. Um, just a little bit of a history because I do cover this on my podcast, but a really quick one. Um, I got my license way back 18 years ago when I was about 17 years old. Uh, it was just something my dad wanted to do, and I did it with him. But we had always gone to the Reno Air Races um, as a family, and that's really where the passion came from. And um, it, it just didn't work out for me in life. And you know, I went on and, and created a family and, and created a, a life for myself as a flight attendant. But it, it's such a crazy circle that this comes back to being a pilot and being a flight attendant was never something that I had intended to do that sort of fell into my lap. And, you know, being a few feet away from pilots every day is really kind of what sparked this interest back into my life. And for, I've been a flight attendant for six years. I never thought, Oh, I could be a pilot. You know, I thought, I thought I was done. I thought I was set. This was be my career. And, you know, one day I, I was speaking to an FO during some ground time and, I said, hey, is it is it possible for me at 35 years old to get to where you're at right now? And he's, he said, absolutely. You're out of your mind if you if you think you couldn't do this. And so I started looking into it, and and here I am. I'm doing it. That's awesome, Dan. And, you know, one of the things I, I do want to mention, though, is that there's people that listen that want to be flight attendants. They have no intention of becoming a pilot that listen to this podcast. I, I'm curious, do you, do you like being a flight attendant? 
Oh, absolutely. It, it, sometimes, you know, because I do still work as I'm going to school uh, a little bit, but I do still work. And I love it when I go back to work as a flight attendant. It takes a special person, I think, to be a flight attendant. I don't really consider myself all that of a patient person. <laughs> so that's, that is kind of part of being a flight attendant. But um, it's really a passion for people. And I love people. It's, I think that is the best part of being a flight attendant. You meet some of the most amazing people that you never would have met in a different life. Okay, So um, being a flight attendant is an absolutely wonderful job. You get all the perks of flying around the world uh, for free or really cheap, but you also get to interact with those people. And that that's, can be good and bad, but mostly um, it's a really great experience, and I love it. Well, just from your attitude, I, I think you obviously would be great working with people, and I think that's a that's a key to being a flight attendant. As a matter of fact, Dan, we'd love to have you back on just to talk about becoming a flight attendant another episode. Uh, obviously, we're focusing on flying on this one, but uh, man, I it's it's interesting that I find out more and more I've been, been asking flight attendants from all different airlines, and you know, it's actually a really cool career. You, you really can make some decent money and get the same days off and and it's really interesting the people you get to meet and you just said something about flying and going all across the world you can do that and you can bring your family um you know it, i guess it's a challenge i would assume it's a lot tougher for you to do that because you have children but do you get to travel do you get to use that benefit Unfortunately, I don't get to use that often because of the family. <laughs> um, I, one of my children is uh, one of my daughters is only three years old, so that really limits how far we can travel, how long we can be away. Um, I would use this benefit constantly if I if I could. It is absolutely wonderful. Now, now we don't have the ability to take uh, a cockpit jump seat, which would be awesome. Um, but we do have the ability to, you know, put our family in the seats. We could take a, a jump seat in the back of the aircraft, uh, which definitely opens up more doors. And absolutely, there are a lot of people out there who use this benefit quite regularly. It is wonderful. And that that same challenge is for anybody that works for the airlines: pilots, flight attendants, engineers, everybody. It's just if you have, you know, nothing holding you back, you can travel around the world. I have friends that do it like every week, but it's a whole different ball game uh, when you have a family and everything. So, you know, and, and this brings up an important point. You really need to enjoy what you're actually doing because if you just go into it just for the flying benefits, you, you might not be so happy. So make sure you go into it because you enjoy it. Also make sure you go into it not just for the money, just like we're doing with flying, aren't we, Dan? Oh, absolutely. I definitely uh, increased income is, is something that um, I consider uh, when I – decided to be a pilot or commercial airline pilot. Um, but it's really more of, uh, just, I don't want to say passion too much, but it really is. It's something that's in your blood. It's, it's built into you and you just can't get away from it. And that's really what brings me back to it. You know, another thing we didn't mention, Dan, is that you're not, you're not uh, 18. You're actually starting this a little bit later in life. Uh, and there's a lot of folks listening right now that are doing the same thing. There's a challenge right there, uh, knowing that you're going to have to take a big cut and pay to move up again. Yeah, absolutely. So if you – it depends on your job. Um, I am not going to take an enormous pay cut. It's really the intermediate time during training and working as a CFI where my pay is is definitely less. But um, 
as a flight attendant, roughly six years in, um, I only work three days a week uh, because of my limited schedule with my family, um, how my wife has to work. Um, so I really don't make a ton of money. Uh, I have definitely more potential. So I'm making roughly what a first-year first officer at a regional airline makes right now. Um, I have the potential of making much more than that, but I don't. So when I do go and work for a regional eventually here, I'm I'm going to be back right to where I started from. Uh, so it's going to be pretty quick for me. And so that's really great. And that that's cool because of the times now. It's amazing what the pay is right now. It's it's absolutely incredible. You know, I I tell you, people are making now first year what I, it took me like five years to get to as a regional pilot, and that's that's phenomenal. Now, Dan, you have a this podcast here, and and we really haven't said, you know, why why are you why are you doing this podcast? I'm assuming is is that you wanted to share your experience, and I think it's great that you're doing that. Yeah, it's actually twofold. So, um, one, I wanted to be able to look back on my experience as I go through this because it really goes fast. So I'm just kind of creating. It's like a diary in a sense. Um, it's just an audio version. Um, but the other reason, and this is really more why I did it, was what I realized was that the the p- pilots as a group are wonderfully helpful to each other. It is definitely a, a pay-it-forward type of group. And I have been helped by so many people just by saying, hey, I'm interested in being a pilot. Like, oh, take my number. Let me help you. Any questions? You know, It's like, I don't even know you. But you are offering to help me. It's uh, it's amazing. So I thought, well, heck, I can do that. I can give back to the community in a way. And th- this was sort of my way of thinking. Well, if I can help one or two people, I've definitely, um, you know, paid it forward at least a little bit. So the the two things that I think are really important from my perspective, as far as your podcast is concerned, is number one that it helps people decide the route they should take. Because you're living through your experiences, and you're finding out what it's like to actually do it. I think that's what's one of the things that's really awesome. The other thing that I think is really cool is that it actually helps people understand that, what it's like to do flight training. Uh, they've already made their decisions. They, it, it also, there's some kind of camaraderie with you because you're, they're listening to you, and, and they're saying, oh my gosh, I'm going through the the same problems. You know, that steep turn wasn't as good. That landing wasn't as good. I'm having challenges with my instrument approaches. And you know what? Dan is too. And and they're able to live through this and realize, you know, they're not alone in this journey. They're, they're there with you and uh, actually able to experience some, some really cool things and also some, some more challenging moments too. Right, Dan? Oh, yes, absolutely. And, and this, this is one thing I love to highlight on my podcast is that um, it's really fun. Okay. So it, it's a lot of work, but sometimes you have to just turn your head and look out the window and, and think, wow, I'm actually flying an airplane right now. This is amazing. And I, I, I talk about that. I have, I've had some really amazing, uh, flights, uh, during my private pilot phase that I just couldn't stop talking about, you know, I, I try, just like you, I try to keep my episodes at a certain length and I just keep going on and on because, I got to fly over, you know, a grouping of F-16s or right over the Las Vegas airport where I work out of. And, you know, I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm experiencing this right now. 
this is amazing. So, yeah, th- there's tough times, but there's also these amazing times where you just got to take a step back and go, this is for real. I love this. It's the same thing when, when those, everybody moves on to being an airline pilot. You know, there's most of it's really exciting. Sometimes it can be boring, you know, you know, flying over the Atlantic in the middle of the night or over the Central you know, Americas and all. Uh, or sometimes it can be really cool. I mean, I was just out in your area in Vegas, and we got to do the, the Hoover Dam tour. We actually asked, hey, can we go down the canyon and take a look at it? And they, sure enough, air traffic control let us go over. It was a beautiful day. And we got to look right down in the canyon at all those different colors and, you know, the, the reds, the yellows, the beige, and the light shining on that and seeing the levels of the water and where they are and the actual Hoover Dam. That was absolutely incredible. That I got to see that, and that was exciting. And those are the things that we can that we, we try to relate in the show is those exciting moments. It's not all everyday exciting but there's other things that are challenging, too, like when you're doing instrument approaches. So you see those wonderful things, and then you have those instrument approaches, too, that, that are more technical. So you get kind of both sides. And, and that's, that's one thing that appeals to me, one of the things I love about, about the job right now. Um, one of the things, though, I, I'd love to hear your comment on is accelerated flight training. It's your podcast. Would you recommend it to people? Yeah, absolutely. It, it's kind of funny. I've I've been talking to uh, four or five people right now that are flight attendants at the company I work for, who are questioning me. Hey, you know how how do I get into this? What are my options? So I'm dealing with this right now. It's one of the biggest questions. And like you said in episode two, I kind of cover uh, those options. There really are. Um, there's really two ways to kind of pay for flight school. Uh, the first option is a pay as you go program, and that is. Um, that is out of your local FBOs, um, fixed base operators, your mom and pop shops. So the way that works is you're going to um, build up a sum of money that covers your certificate, and then you're going to go out and fly it and pay for it. And then you're going to go back to work and um, build up another sum of money and go out and pay for your certificates. And then once that's over, you're done with all your certificates and you're debt free. That is definitely an option. Uh, but that's going to take you, you know, maybe three to five years to complete. Now, when you're 35 years old, <laughs> the clock is ticking. That might not be the best option for you. The other option is is obviously what I ended up choosing was an accelerated flight school. Now, I had no idea this existed uh, until someone pointed it out to me. And the way this program works is, uh, you know, you get student funding. So it is an, an accredited school and uh, you can get uh, you know, 15-year term loans, it makes it affordable, and you go out and you do all your flying in six to nine months, depending on how you enter the program and which options you choose, and then you're done, and you go and you work as a CFI, build your hours, and and start paying off your student loans. The accelerated program is a wonderful option for those uh, people who want to get it done quickly and who do not have the means to pay as you go or have the money up front. So it's, it's sort of, you know, you're taking out credit, but you're able to get everything done and then move on. And these bigger programs have the ability to find those loans for you, uh, which is terrific. And, uh, and you talk about that a little bit in your podcast. Also, another thing that I think people don't realize is that there's even scholarships for people. Uh, everybody thinks they're for younger people, but it's also for people your age. They're out there. Uh, they're a little tougher to find. 
and that was one of the reasons I put together the aerospace scholarships, you know, guide is that, you know, it's really hard to find the ones that are for those that are not going from high school to college or uh, say you're just, you're 35, you want to add a new rating. Well, they're out there. They have those scholarships. Uh, so uh, one of the things that I was wondering is, did you ever think of doing that, of trying to, to find a scholarship to pay for some of this? Well, absolutely. I, I have your uh, 2016 scholarship guide. Um, I, I purchased that um, right after I started <laughs> becoming interested in flying again uh, back in December of last year. Uh, it was one of the first things I did because I was already into your program and already knew about your scholarship guide. So, yes, I, uh, I, have, uh, I have looked into it. I haven't found anything that has uh, fit me yet. Um, but I, uh, yeah, I'm still looking. Good, good. Yeah. And that's one of the things that's a challenge is sometimes, uh, don't you feel that as you get a little bit older, it's a little tougher? Most most scholarships in your experience that you've looked at, uh, I'm assuming you're finding that a lot of them are for the younger folks. Like half, usually I've found about half of them. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It, it, yeah, a lot of it is for, for uh, 18-year-olds is basically what they're targeting. One of the cool things, though, is that uh, AOPA and EAA and a lot of these other organizations are, are reaching out, and Women in Aviation, Organization of Black Airline Pilots, they're reaching out to people that are older, and they have those scholarships that uh, we've been adding more and more of those. Uh, there was a big jump between 16 and 17, how many scholarships we put in there, and that was part of it. It was the fact that they're, they're really trying to get people to move forward. I think one of the things, though, that's important in, in talking about accelerated flight training is the fact that... Uh, with you, y- you think that this is a big number and you're going to have this loan for a long time, but there's a couple things. Number one, your training process is going to take less time because it is you're immersing yourself into training. And one of the things that I think is really cool about that process is that's what's going to happen to you when you get to the airlines. You're going to be like drinking through a fire hose. Uh, I'm wondering, have you noticed a different because you difference because you already had your private pilot certificate have you seen a difference in your training and your ability to retain information um yeah there's a big difference because yeah like you said i did already have my private pilot's license i chose to start my program at this particular flight school um over i started i started with the private pilot portion because it had been 18 years and i tried to go out and sort of get a refresher and i realized this isn't going to work. I need to redo this. And so when I redid the private pilot portion of my training, it was much more relaxed. And, and I knew I didn't have a check ride to, to study for or a written test or oral exam to study for. Um, so it was really relaxed, really easy. Um, now that I'm into the instrument portion, I'm actually out here studying all the time. Um, it is coming in fast. And, uh, you know, I'll, one day I'll be, I'll be doing, um, approaches and and the next day i'm going to go out and actually fly those approaches um what what i meant was the first day i'll do it in the sim and then i go out and fly it the next day and it's like oh my gosh you know this this is just so quick um additionally you have a schedule that uh, you can see online and i already have a check right date on my schedule so i'm sitting here every time i log in and i'm like start sweating because i'm like i'm not ready for this no um, pressure there <laughs> yeah, exactly um it's already got the uh the dpe the designated pilot examiner's name on there so it's just like oh my goodness but you know a lot of people go through this and a lot of people succeed it's got a really high success rate and i have a wonderful instructor and, uh, you know, he is uh, keeping on me and, and 
I'm doing my best to keep up with the studying, but it is, it's really quick and it's, it's really difficult. Hey, you know, don't you, isn't the instrument really cool? Yes. Okay. So the, <laughs> yes, um, <laughs> I, I absolutely love this. Uh, we don't get a lot of uh, actual instrument flying here in Las Vegas. So we just, the clouds always stay so high. Um, but it's, it's, it just opens up so many doors. You know, you, you go out and fly visual and you got so many restrictions, you know, and it's, it's instrument flying is just a lot of fun. It's really simple. It, it really is actually a lot easier because you just do what they tell you and, and you just follow the directions and it's done. But I got to fly through my first cloud the other day. <laughs> we, <laughs> I had I filmed it. I had so much fun, and it's it's intimidating. It is very different, um, and but it was just a blast. It just a huge smile on my face the whole time. I loved it. Awesome. You know that is as a flight instructor. If you go that route, that's like the coolest thing. When the first time someone goes in a cloud, and they're like, "Wow, this is so neat." It's almost like they're solo time you know it's so cool to watch the, their their faces light up and say this is cool this is really neat um and i can actually do this and and it, one thing though that's interesting about the instrument rating a lot of times it's it's a lo- all about the rules i mean it's cool being able to fly in, in the clouds and all but it's about when you shouldn't go and and being really careful because now you're flying in all sorts of weather have you had certain weather challenges i'm assuming you have in, in your training um, in Vegas, really, the only weather we encounter is wind uh, and, and maybe some thunderstorms. Uh, that's that's about it. Um, we're really lucky out here uh, in Phoenix, Vegas area. You don't get a lot of uh, what they call IMC or a- actual um, instrument flying, you know, clouds and fog and haze and stuff like that. We don't get that here. Uh, so what we get is a lot of crosswind training. Um, we we need to do leg workouts here in Vegas. That's for sure. <laughs> you do do a lot of rudder work, and um, that's really the biggest thing. And you know, when you go out and try to fly um, holding patterns, and you've got these updrafts and downdrafts and, and twenty knot crosswinds, you know it's a challenge. And that's actually good because you're not always going to have good weather. So it's really great to to learn in the difficult stuff. You know, and some people are listening right now thinking, what is, what is he talking about? Well, I'll tell you what, if you want to know what he's talking about, go listen to his podcast. Uh, and, and by the way, I'm not sure we mentioned it. It's acceleratedflightschoolpodcast.com because he kind of goes through all this stuff. And, and that's another cool thing about your show is that uh, you talk about different terms and you explain them. And it, it helps people by living what you're doing. It helps them understand these terms. So it's one, they're one step above when they get to the flight school. I, I think that's awesome uh, what you're doing for people there. Yeah, thank you. You know, it's it's a lot of fun, and like I said, it helps me. It's sort of a study aid as well, because I what I do is I take all my flights for that week, and I I just kind of review them, and then I go in, out and talk about them. Uh, so yeah, I'm definitely going to be talking about uh, specifics about what I'm doing. You know, holding patterns and uh, all these crazy terms that I'm just now learning, and I'm you know now going to uh, talk about them on my podcast and explain them there. One of the things that I'm sure people are going to have is questions, and uh, I'd love to have them, you know, send in questions, uh, you know, feedback at aviationcareerspodcast.com. We'll, we'll forward them on, but I'd love to have you back on, too, because I'm sure we're going to get a bunch of questions about these different things that you do with your accelerated tra- training, et cetera. Yeah, and it's it's actually uh, it's, it's, it's going really quick now as I'm really fully into the, the program, and, and I'm definitely uh, going to be 
further along. Uh, when these questions come in, so I'm going to have a lot more knowledge. And I do intend on staying with the program and being a CFI to build my hours. Uh, so, yeah, absolutely. I welcome all questions. Like I said, we, we love paying it forward as pilots. So, Dan, how long do you think this is all going to take you from, from soup to nuts uh, to the point where you are going to actually be paid to fly? You have a full-time job, a family. So uh, keep that in mind, people listening. How long is it going to take you? Right. So these programs, like I said, there are a lot of different ones out there. Um, this program was slated originally to take six months from what they call Zero to Hero, and that's uh, no licenses whatsoever to be um, a commercial-rated, multi-engine, instrument-rated, and CFI in all of those categories. Uh, the only thing that you, you aren't getting is the ATP-specific licenses, but that's typically later on uh, once you go to the regionals and stuff. Um, that's t- you know, like they said, they originally slated it for six months. They've extended the program now to nine, and that's more realistic, I think, from no licenses uh, all the way up to CFI uh, nine months is is I think a really good number um, you, you're gonna have things like weather delays scheduling issues getting sick etc um, so nine months to get all your certificates and then I would say at least another year after that working as a CFI or whatever you choose to do to build your hours to get to that magic 1500 uh, total time number uh, then you're off to the regionals at that point so, yeah, nine months and then another year after is, is a good number. So, Dan, I know you're going the CFI route, and I do recommend most people, especially right now, because CFIs are so hard to find uh, because, of their, you know, the regionals are sucking them up. Uh, there are other ways to uh, to actually build time, but it seems right now the best way to build time very quickly is working as a CFI. As long as you're in a good market, you happen to be in a great place. Uh, would you recommend to most people, and uh, and maybe you could go through that thought process as to why you wanted to be a, a CFI and, and recommend being a CFI or not? Yeah, Carl, that's actually a really great question because I, I did go through this thought process um, when I was looking into this program. And in fact, I have a, a mentor of mine who works for my airline as a pilot um, who is helping me out through this program. He did not go through the CFI route. And and here in Vegas, you talked about the Grand Canyon, which is which is wonderful because we have a, a tour company who does a Grand Canyon tours. So they fly a, a twin aircraft. They also do helicopter tours. But they, they offer um, an opportunity to build hours outside of the CFI route as a uh, you know pilot for their tour company. That's how this guy ended up doing his hours. And so I thought, well, that would be great because I think that would be more fun. This is how my, think, my process thinking through it. That would be more fun and it would be real life experience, you know, and I'm getting more twin hours. And, and then when I started to research the CFI part of it, I, I realized, well, you know, teaching people is probably – the best route to being a better pilot because not only do you you become more proficient in it as you're going through these steps over and over and over again, um, you really need to know what you're doing uh, to teach other people to do it. And I I find that the value in that to be immense. And so I ended up choosing that route, the CFI route, because uh, I felt like that would make me, first of all, a better pilot. I'm not really sure how that would look on my resume, and I'm not really too concerned about that because I'm more concerned about um, you know, how good of a pilot I am. So 
that's that's how I ended up choosing the CFI route. But there are definitely more options out there. You know, and Dan, as far as my recommendation to you, go for the CFI because I think you'd be a great CFI. Obviously, you, you like teaching people, and that's important. Yeah, I do. <laughs> I do love teaching people. <laughs> and that and anybody that likes people and, and likes being with people, be a CFI. I, lo- I still teach, and I absolutely love teaching. And people think I'm crazy when I tell them I love primary students, but it's just so wonderful to get somebody who's so excited and so fresh about this and, and can't wait to actually get back up in the air. Uh, same thing with the instrument rating. I mean, they're all really good. Um, but it's just it's just a blast. And the cool thing is, especially if you go into the regionals, as a CFI, it gives you experience flying with less experienced pilots. You're going to be doing that at the regionals again. You know, when I went to the regionals and I, I upgraded to captain, boy, we had a lot of people that didn't have many hours uh, sitting in the right seat. And, uh, boy, you really – it makes you aware of what's going on. It's not like the majors where they're like, hey, they expect you to, to know what you're doing because you have so much time. Yeah, there's, there's, a, there's a lot of folks out there that haven't had a lot of experience yet, and that's what you're doing. You're mentoring them and helping them. And that's where I think the CFI is a big help, huge help. Uh, but as far as the CFI is concerned, Dan, why have you looked at doing just the CFI double I? Uh, are you also going to look into the multi-engine instrument uh, or multi-engine instructor? Yeah. So the the program that I'm going through, uh, you get all of those ratings automatically um, because you're then going to turn around and teach people exactly what you just learned. Okay. So you you went through the program. Now you're a CFI in that program. You're gonna you're going to get a new student um, who is starting off brand new private pilot sing, single engine, and you're going to take that student all the way through their program, and so that's going to encompass all of those elements. So that you know the private pilot single engine instrument multi engine commercial, you're going to be teaching them everything that you just learned. So you're going to get, and this is one thing that's also very great about this is if you are working at a school that has multi engine. Uh, capabilities if they have the aircraft you're then going to get more multi-engine time which is really great that's great experiences if you uh, do plan to go to regionals or a major airline so yeah i absolutely do uh, plan on doing the cfi work and and i do look forward to the multi-engine here it's a lot of fun it is it's a blast it's all about flying on one engine as they say (laughs) that's what they say yes so, Dan, this has been awesome having you on here, and I'd love to have you back on, both to talk about being a flight attendant, uh, but also to, to talk a little bit about uh, your progress. I'd love to hear back from you. Uh, but one thing I'd like uh, you to tell our listeners is, you know, if they're thinking right now about accelerated flight training, uh, what what one thing or a couple small things would you recommend people do right now that would help them make the decision as to whether they should choose to become and go to an accelerated flight training program i well for me because i i had this issue is open your mouth and talk to somebody because i kept quiet for such a long time i thought i can't do this i'm too old Uh, i don't have the time i don't have the money and i just thought there's no way i could do it i'm not i'm not even going to think about it well I, I finally said, enough is enough. I want to know. I want to learn about this. So I spoke to somebody, and I got information, and it just snowballed from there. And I, I went online. I looked at the programs. I found podcasts like, like yours, and I just immersed myself in the world, and I realized, wow, this is possible. I never would have known that if I didn't take that step in the beginning to just, okay, is this possible? Let's look into it. Don't be afraid. 
and and you may end up as a, an airline pilot in the future if you if you try. <laughs> And, and I know you will, and, and and this is going to be great listening to your journey. Uh, the other thing, obviously, I, I would have hoped you recommended, and, and I would right now, is listen to your podcast, acceleratedflightschoolpodcast.com. It tells you all about your journey. It, it, it helps you live through the process of actually being in the accelerated program, and I think that's awesome, the trials, the tribulations, and I just, I, I think it's neat to actually to experience it with you, and that's one thing I I love about it and both you know your your challenges and also your successes and I love love hearing about all those and I I can't wait to for the next episode to come out and, and listen to that. Well Dan this has been awesome man and and uh you know obviously you're passionate about aviation and people and uh, you know we expect a lot of great things to come out of the podcast and would love to have you back on the show. Um so I think that advice of of doing that and talking to people is really, really important. Uh, where can they find you if they want to find you on the internet or say on Facebook, et cetera? Sure. Yeah, I I do um, I do have Facebook, but I don't use it all that much. Um, it basically, you're going to find me um, on Twitter, Ginger Dan Pilot. That's uh, G I N G E R Dan Pilot. Um, acceleratedflightschoolpodcast.com of course is uh, where my podcast lives um, I am also on Facebook is uh, Ginger Dan Pilot as well um, so really just search Ginger Dan Pilot and I'll come up there somewhere Terrific, thanks Dan again and uh, we're definitely going to have Dan on again and you know if you're listening right now and uh, you know you're thinking about you know moving into accelerated flight training or anything in general do something today to do to do that or to research that to actually move forward with your career and that would be what Dan just said talk to people maybe it's not just talking to people maybe it's listening to podcasts like Dan has done or it's reading magazines flight training magazine by AOPA is awesome flying magazine has some incredible stories in there about careers but just try to do something today to move forward in your career. Just like Dan has done. He went out, he talked to people, and it's amazing what just happened. He moved forward, and he's on his way to become an airline pilot. Well, folks, I really appreciate you listening, and we'll talk to you next episode. Safe flying. You have been listening to Aviation Careers Podcast, an aviation podcast about living your dream and pursuing an exciting aviation career. This aviation podcast is produced by the Valeri Aviation Corporation. Although host or guests may receive compensation for products and services discussed in this podcast, compensation never influences our opinion. Before purchasing any product or service, you should always do your own research. Music by Billy Wheeler. All rights reserved.